Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Seven words that'll scare any politician. Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues. So I got to tell you a quick story. I have to share a quick story with you before I talk to my friend Paul Levinson, professor of communications and media studies at Fordham University in New York City, pop culture specialist, international best-selling author, and his most recent book is Fake News in Real Context. I have to tell you. Now, let me put Paul on the air. You'll appreciate this. Also, music producer and singer. I mean, what haven't you done? Uh, that's a good point. I'm not that much of a painter, so... Uh... You know, I'm I'm good in terms of writing and and putting together sound, but visual imagery isn't my forte. Well, I tell you, you're a very gifted guy. You've written so many books, and you've had uh, so many honors bestowed upon you for your for your writing. And uh, we played one of your uh, one of your records from the '70s, or still called records, on the air a couple of months ago. So I'm I'm I don't know where you get the time, Professor. Well, sleep isn't all it's cracked up to be. So. <laughs> <laughs> i got to tell a quick story here. Sure. And, I, and I sort of teased you in, uh, in an email. I uh, teased the story the other day. We're talking about, and we're going to be talking about Megyn Kelly moving to uh, NBC from Fox and $15 million a year and deciding not to take the $20 million Fox offered her to, uh, to stay and the huge dollars that are being uh, paid certain people, Howard Stern, $100 million a year for his first five years at Sirius. Now he's taken a pay cut. He gets only $90 million a year, but he only works three days a week. Um, so, so, Paul, uh, about 20 years ago, I, uh, I, I did a show that was, was aired in Toronto on uh, what was then Talks 640, which is AM640 now. This program airs on AM640. And on 900 CHML in Hamilton, where it also airs, and where I actually sit and do the show physically from. And we did a simulcast with WABC Radio, 77 WABC. And uh, it was about Bill Cosby, and it was about Bill Cosby's extramarital affairs in the mid-'90s that were being talked about. And so we did these simulcasts, two of them, and I was on the air with the two hosts of the, uh, of the show at WABC. And I got a call from WABC's uh, programming staff from the program director um, saying, you know, you, you're really good. We, we're very impressed with the, with, with the way you handled yourself with our hosts. Would you like to come and work here? And I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, but it would be a Saturday and Sunday show only. It would only be weekends for now, but I, we're pretty sure we'd get you Monday to Friday. So I, I said, uh, yeah, I think uh, I'd like to do that. But you have to understand, I'm on a five-day-a-week pay now, and you're asking me to work two days a week. He just laughed. 
just laughed. He said, Roy, don't worry about that. So I went to see the president of our company, who was also a friend, and I told him. And he said, all the best, Roy. Uh, go for it and, and, and let me know in enough time so that I can find somebody to do your show. So about a week later, he comes to me, Paul, and he says, uh, what's going on with the uh, New York situation? And I said, oh, I haven't heard from them. And he says, not like you to not follow up. So I said, oh, well, I will call. So I called. And I asked for the person I'd, um, I'd spoken to and wasn't there. And I no longer there. And I, you can see it coming, eh, Paul? And I said, uh, so, yeah, my name is Roy Green. I'm calling from Canada. I'm a broadcaster in Toronto and Hamilton. I was offered a job at WABC. And said, uh, oh, no idea who you are, buddy. Uh, sorry, but the, that management team's gone. <laughs> so with the management team being gone, so was the job opportunity. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd been sitting on million-dollar contracts or... Or not. But I'll never forget that. That call. No idea who you are, buddy. Oh, okay. Well, bye. And I went to see the president of our company. I said, I'm staying. Yeah, you know, listen, life is filled with uh, stories. Uh, Moments, eh? Like that, you know. Uh, I, I've had a lot of uh, interesting stories like that, too. When I was in the, uh, the music uh, business, when I was a songwriter, the the Vogues, which who had some, I remember the Vogues. Five o'clock world, yeah, yeah. one actually recorded one of my songs, "Unbelievable," and right around that same time, uh, I you know the Vietnam War was going on, and um, you know there was uh, you know I I'd been a student, my student deferment was you know close to. Uh, you know, running out, and they were doing a, a draft lottery. Anyway, long story short, um, these two things happened at the same time, the draft lottery and the Vogue's recording my song. And, like, this little voice in my head said, well, wh which, you know, would you rather have? You can't have both. You know, you can't have a hit record by the Vogue's and get a very high number that is at the end uh, you know, of the 365 roster in the draft lottery. And I thought it through, and it was a tough decision, but, you know, I, I was against the Vietnam War. I didn't want to go in the Army. I probably would have gone to Canada, by the way, if I had been drafted. That's how much I was against the war. So I sort of made a decision in my head saying, well, you know, I'll, uh, I, I would rather get a, a high draft uh, number that is, uh, you know, further down the chain, like close to 365, then have the Vogue's release unbelievable, and I become a hit songwriter and probably make a million dollars. And so, in fact, that's what happened. I got a very good draft number, and I never was uh, drafted. Uh, but the Vogue's, at the last minute, got a new producer and decided to go in a completely different uh, direction from what my song was, which was more like, you know, their original hits. And instead went more like in an easy listening pop direction. And uh, that was, it, it, you know, pretty much one of the high points of almost having made it in my music career. So, yeah, at least, you know, as long as you're knocking on the door and you have opportunities, I've always looked at it this way. You just, you just keep pushing. You just keep, and you do what feels right for you as well. I had a job offer. I had an opportunity to go to Atlanta. Had an opportunity, uh, very close to an opportunity to go to Chicago, 
And Atlanta didn't feel right, and Chicago didn't feel like right, so I didn't pursue them. But um, yeah, just th- I was just thinking about that because of all of the money, fifteen million dollars. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, after Megyn Kelly leaves, the uh, the broadcaster who's going to be doing the seven p.m. slot on Fox, who um, oh god, I can't remember her name now. Uh, she's on at nine o'clock in the morning now or has been for some time um somebody will send me a, a note and tell me who it is but she was making seven hundred thousand dollars a year and megan kelly who's working with her is making 15 million i don't know if that if that establishes good working relationships or the fundamentals for good working relationships no it's tough look and and uh megan kelly is not the only person who's moving to nbc or one of nbc's affiliates Greta Van Susteren, who left Fox a while ago, and I'm sure she's not being paid as much as Megyn Kelly, and wasn't being paid as much as Megyn Kelly. She's actually just tomorrow, that is Monday, uh, taking over the 6 p.m. hour on MSNBC. So, you know, to some extent, it's like musical chairs. Yeah, it is. They they move they move from network to network, but the mummy the money not the mummy. The money certainly is good. Paul, let's, uh, let me take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk some more, and we'll talk about the money in broadcasting in the United States. Because um, there's been a lot of talk this past week as well about the money earned by Canada's top 100 CEOs, corporate chief executive officers. The average salary of the top 100 CEOs in Canada is $9.7 million a year, the average salary. Now, this one of them makes $180 million, but the average is... Uh, just flows right off your tongue, doesn't it? 180 million. The average salary is 9.7 million for the top CEOs. Uh, and here's Megan Kelly making 15 and turning down 20. We will come back, and then I'll have a media question for you. And before the end of the hour, before to the end of the hour, we're going to um, get at the issue of uh, the Golden Globes, which uh, take place tonight. And Rick Campanelli is going to be joining us, co-host of ET Canada. Usually seen or always seen 7.30 p.m. on Global TV, uh, Monday to Friday. But at 6 o'clock this evening, they'll have the Golden Globe Awards and start with the red carpet. Stick around. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Send emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. And uh, follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. We have a Facebook page, and there's, of course, the webpage, RoyGreenShow.com. Listen back to anything at any time that we air in the podcasts, including the stories that we heard from people in Alberta and in Ontario who are struggling, desperately struggling, to pay their bills for electricity. And in one case, the heart attack survivor who's um, living in an RV can't afford the extra $20 for propane. He's living on $895 a month. Can't afford the uh, extra $20 for a propane tank after the carbon tax was put in place earlier uh, uh, this week by the Notley government. So you can listen back to anything on the show. Paul Levinson, Professor Paul Levinson, is my guest, Professor of Communications and Media Studies at Fordham University in New York City, also pop culture specialist, international best-selling author, and uh, his new book is Fake News, in real context. Now, uh, Professor Levinson, Megan Kelly, is she a bona fide media star with longevity? And are you surprised that she chose NBC 
for $15 million, which was what she was being paid at Fox, reportedly, and rejected a $5 million raise from Fox. I think it was a wise decision on her part. I, I'm not surprised she made it. And yes, I think she is a bona fide media star because of the way she went up against and stood her ground against Donald Trump. And in retrospect, among the many astonishing things in the 2016 election, Megyn Kelly uh, going at it with Donald Trump, asking him th that question in the first place about the language he uses uh, towards women, and then when Trump typically after that debate trashed Megyn Kelly uh, on Twitter and all over the place, she didn't back down. And I think that that interlude, in and of itself, catapulted Megyn Kelly into a much more prominent and important position, and, and a position in which she is now admired by many people, including me, who didn't particularly admire her previously. You know, if you look at her record, part of what she did in her tenure at Fox was indulge in nonsense about African-Americans standing in front of polling booths. This was probably back in 2012 or 2008. I don't even remember, but, but basically, the, you know, the, the Black Panther Party trying to suppress white voting, talking about fake news. That was a complete nonsensical story. So, you know, she was a, a typical Fox uh, anchor uh, until uh, that debate uh, that she was uh, co-moderating uh, and uh, when she put it to Donald Trump. So, But here's the question, Paul. Sure. So she has this, this, she has this spike of attention in 2016. And it was a tremendous spike of, of attention, but she's also had, as I understand, her ratings situation at Fox has been that she's had tremendous ratings, but she's also had periods where her ratings actually dip below CNN. So she's been up and she's been down. She hasn't been like Bill O'Reilly just riding the top of the crest all the time. And I'm just wondering whether, given the, um, given the, uh, the changing mood of, uh, of viewers and the constant change of media platforms, whether she has the power to ride that 2016 moment for years. Because remember, when Katie Couric left the Today Show, she disappeared into the NBC wallpaper. Mm -hmm. And she was a huge name. Yeah. Well, that's a different question. I still think it's a good move for her, because she had nowhere to go at Fox. And, and this does give her a, a new environment. But there are some deeper structural issues here. For example, the general pressure on networks in general, on network news in particular, they occasionally do well, especially during elections and so on. But by and large, the general thrust of television viewing has gone from network to cable and now to live streaming on Netflix and Amazon for entertainment, but even the beginning of news programming as well. So the evolution of media is going against network television, and it's going to make it that much harder for Megyn Kelly or anyone to establish herself on essentially an old-fashioned dinosaur of a network, uh, which is what NBC is. But that said, it still does draw millions of people, yeah. and she still could break out and break through. Here's another way of looking at this. We've gone well beyond the age of the famous 
world-renowned anchor, you, you know, the age of Walter Cronkite, even Dan Rather, Huntley and Brinkley, all those people. That's gone. But networks aren't yet quite gone, and conceivably someone in the right time slot with the right appeal could establish a name. So, so, so tell me this. How do they, how do they justify these massive salaries? Because they weren't paying at times where the ratings were even higher than they are now, and they were the only show in town. They weren't paying comparable salaries, as far as I know, except to their absolute super, super, superstars. They're not. They weren't paying uh, the uh, the potential stars like Megyn Kelly the kind of money that's being paid now. Is, is this why? Is the, how's this happening? Well, because it's happening all over. It's it's what's going on in sports. Yeah. yeah. There's been some movement to pay sports stars less. It's what's going on in movie making. Uh, Everybody's yeah, cashing so in, right? The, the fact is, when you break through into a, an arena where you can get paid millions of dollars for what you do, then it's just a question of how good you are as a negotiator, how much of a demand there is for you. But, yeah, you can get fifteen, twenty thousand, 20000 even more. I, I think it is interesting Million. that she's gone for the 15000 didn't accept uh, Fox's counter offer to bump her salary to, I'm um, uh, sorry, $15 million, to bump her salary to $20 million. Uh, I think that shows she has a head on her shoulder because m- money is very important, but it isn't the ultimate most important thing. And if she's thinking about her future, she wants to establish herself in a place where she can have a longer tenure than it's possible. You know, the one thing I also read is that, uh, and we know that, I know that media stars in the U.S. from conversations I've had with people in the United States media, very territorial. And from what I understand, Matt Lauer from the Today Show didn't find out about Megyn Kelly moving from Fox to NBC until an hour or two before the announcement was made. And he apparently blew a gasket, although he makes $25 million a year. So I guess he's probably still happy. But it's, it's a very territorial reality, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, don't understand that at all. You know, if I were being paid uh, $25 million, uh, say, at Fort University, <laughs> I'd, I'd some uh, other professor was hired uh, in my department and getting paid $15 million, I, I wouldn't be upset. I me neither. Just, you know, I've often said, I've, I've often said, I just signed a new $5 million contract with Chorus Radio. My problem is getting them to sign it. <laughs> I know. Can you well, stick around? Can, can you stick around? You know, and, uh, Paul, a very interesting thing. You know, when we were kids, I'm sure you remember. You know, to to, to have like a hundred bucks in your pocket. Oh, ten bucks. And and to think about, uh, you know, when I was like fifteen, twenty, to think that someday I'd be making as much money as I am now, and it's you know well short of a million dollars a year for sure. But that would have seemed utterly extraordinary. Can you stick around a little bit longer? Can sure. you stay with us? Sure. All right, we're going to come back with Paul Levinson. My number, if you want to comment on this, 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. I'm curious about who in the media you enjoy um, watching, uh, listening to, who in the media has your confidence and, and trust, or have you lost, as many people say, mainstream media has taken a kick in the backside during the particularly during the U.S. election, 1-800-263-2428. What do you think of the salaries that are being offered? And uh, who do you like and who don't you like? Maybe I shouldn't ask that last part. We'll come right back. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
My guest is Professor Paul Levinson from Fordham University, and you can follow Paul on Twitter, at Paul L-E-V, at Paul L-E-V. And uh, Paul's most recent book is Fake News in Real Context, and we're talking about media and media stars and money that's involved in uh, in media, and particularly, again, it was the Megyn Kelly story that had everybody talking, uh, moving to uh, NBC from Fox. There was also a story in, uh, in in Canada that had everybody going in this uh, in, in, on this side of the 49th parallel, Paul, and it was the average salary, the average salary of the top 100 Canadian CEOs, $9.7 million, which is significantly, I would suspect, lower than the top 100 in the United States. But there were a lot of people who felt uh, that that was too high, not that it's any of anybody's business, but um, other than the boards of directors who hire them. But... Uh, now we're look, looking at the, the salaries that are earned by people in media. How did Howard, how did Howard Stern get $100 million a year from Sirius? How'd that happen? Well, because he uh, he's not that prominent now as he was when he moved to Sirius Radio. But as he uh, frequently bellowed, he was the king of all media. He uh, he had an extraordinarily successful radio show, and he on a variety of radio stations. He had a television show. He had a best-selling book. He had uh, more than one best-selling book. People, uh, you know, mobbing bookstores uh, to, to get a book with his signature. Uh, he had appearances in movies. So, uh, you know, he was uh, really at the top of the hill. And Sirius wanted to show the world that they were serious about uh, their business, and they wanted to get top stars. And what actually made that ultimately happen was, and on this I don't blame Howard Stern at all, he got sick and tired of having to worry about here in the United States, the Federal Communications Commission, constantly on his case and his radio station's cases, uh, because he might say a word that was off color. And uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I've written some books about this as well and many articles and speeches. I think the FCC is ipso facto 100% unconstitutional. You know, our First Amendment says Congress shall make no law abridging freedom of speech or the press. They, the FCC, have no business telling any radio station anything uh, unless they're planning some kind of crime. But, uh, you know, using off-color language clearly isn't that. So Stern was delighted to get this off from Sirius Radio because the FCC does not have its tentacles trying to control satellite radio. Yeah, so and he's now making ninety million a year. He signed a new contract for ninety million, and for that, um, Sirius gets all of his uh, all of his uh, his catalog of his thousands of interviews. But he, and he only works three days a, a week. But Howard Stern, I I always admired him for for one thing in particular, and that's what he was true to what he wanted to do in radio, and he would go on the air, as you well know. And he would he would broadcast do the kinds of shows that he was doing when he was on terrestrial radio, and he'd get fired because he would there'd be complaints about what he said, and he'd go on to another job, create massive ratings, and get fired, and he just didn't give up. He was true to what he wanted to be, and and I and I uh, I admire that. Yeah, me too. And it's not only what he wanted to be. Let's face it; it's what millions and millions of people enjoyed hearing. Yeah. 
And, uh, I mean, I was always amazed. My wife was a big fan of Howard Stern when he was on terrestrial radio, even though she wasn't particularly a fan of every little thing that he said, but she thought it was, you know, really funny. So, so honestly, what, what would you say the, uh, the average salary would be for uh, a major market um, broadcaster, successful broadcaster, let's say in New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco or Chicago, what would uh, a successful local broadcaster be able to put away as far as the salary is concerned? I would say in the vicinity of a million dollars, you know, depending upon how successful, maybe a million or two, maybe a little less than that, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars But, you know, someplace up there, uh, especially if you're talking about a big city like New York or Los Angeles or Chicago, obviously it would be, you know, considerably less in, in smaller uh, areas. Yeah. And, and Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, and Hugh Hewitt aren't hurting, huh? No, they're not. They're, they're of course, network, uh, you know, well-networked, so that's yet a, you know, an additional, uh, you know, factor. But the, the fact is, uh, as far as Rush Limbaugh is concerned, um, his brand of radio has been withering to some extent. He doesn't quite get the numbers uh, that he did in his day, 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 ten years ago, and um, most people think that you know, barring some unforeseen upturn, we're going to see him gradually fade uh, into that good night. <laughs> What's he earning? What would you What would you guesstimate his uh, his salary, his earnings to be? I would say I don't know exactly, but probably more than Megyn Kelly is getting paid uh, from NBC. That ain't all bad. And and I I did I do have the name of the uh, Fox um, host Martha McCallum. Uh, she's going to be replacing Tucker Carlson, who just started that show at seven o'clock. She got right. she earned seven hundred thousand dollars a year, and Megyn Kelly made fifteen million again. I don't think that that would necessarily make for the happiest hallways in uh, in, in in history. Paul, well, it's almost a lot McCallum, though. I'd be happy to have that job anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's a great uh, springboard. It's a great hour, yeah. and uh, I, you know, frankly. Uh, this is pretty much the. I mean, the name sounds vaguely familiar to me, but uh, she's not exactly a household name. So, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. It's always good talking to you, my friend, uh, Paul Levinson. It's at Paul Lev, L E V, on uh, Twitter. And uh, Paul's latest book is Fake News in Real Context. And you can go to Amazon and, uh, and just review all of Paul's books. And his the career is amazing. You're an amazing guy. Oh, thanks. Great talking to you. Thanks Roy. for the time, Paul. All the best. It's a Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Now, when we come back, we will be speaking with, and uh, we're just waiting for the call from uh, from our friends at uh, Global Television, and uh, we're going to get at the issue of the um, of the Golden Globe Awards, which happened tonight in uh, L.A. Rick Campanelli will be with us, co-host of ET Canada, which is uh, viewed uh, Monday to Friday at seven thirty p.m on Global TV and uh, begins at 6 o'clock Eastern Time tonight from L.A. And uh, it'll be the red carpet. So we'll talk to Rick when we come back on The Green Show. Stay with us.